Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now, as the saying goes, one is indeed the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Thank you, Harry Nielsen. But when it comes to being a goalkeeper on a football pitch, that is especially true because the lines, the margins between success and failure are so goddamn fine. One minute you're a hero, the next minute you're a villain. You are the last line of defence for your team. And now, in 2020, more often than not, you're the first line of attack too. As such, then, any of the goalkeepers who have been unfortunate to make this list should come with a little bit of a caveat. Yeah, to be honest, because there's no other position on the pitch that demands this kind of pressure so heavily. If you've been brave enough to stand between those posts, you must have one massive set of cojones. It takes real mental strength or just kind of being a glutton for punishment to go out and do that. Either way, you have made the list as a Premier League club's worst ever goalkeeper, but much more importantly, you have my respect, at least despite the fact you are on this list. Anyway, with that in mind, my name's Adam Nicholas, this is What Culture Football, and these are every Premier League club's worst ever goalkeeper. Number 20, Arsenal, Vito Manon. Now, historically, Arsenal have had some pretty good goalkeepers over the years. Let's not forget England and Arsenal's David Seaman, most notably, and of course, Jens Lehmann, who was as good of a goalkeeper as he was a pantomime villain. But after that, things kind of got a bit patchy. We had Wojciech Szczesny, we had Lucas Fabianski, both of which found success elsewhere. But then up stepped Vito Manon, the young Italian who was potentially going to take the reins as Arsenal's number one. But despite the fact he did have some talent, he just couldn't get the consistency levels that Arsenal were looking for. A few loan spells elsewhere took place before he ended up leaving the club for Sunderland. Number 19, Aston Villa, Peter Engelman. <laughs> All right then, now we're talking. Get into the good stuff nice and early. Peter Engelman, Aston Villa's goalkeeper, who, if you're going to make a big mistake for a football club, the last thing you want to do is probably do it in an inner city derby. Unfortunately for Engelman, who waited patiently as the understudy to Peter Schmeichel and David James at Villa, got his chance to impress in 2002, but didn't quite take it, because as Olaf Melberg was taking a quick throw in back to his goalkeeper, he went to take a touch, it hit the bottom of his studs, and went in the back of the net. I'd like to say you hate to see it, but <laughs> I'll be honest, it was pretty good. Number 18, Bournemouth, Adam Federici. Now, Adam Federici is the first of a few goalkeepers who you're going to find on this list who are there circumstantially, rather than through being a terrible goalkeeper or from any big howlers that they've made. Unfortunately for Federici, because Bournemouth haven't had too long of a stint in the Premier League, we had to go with the numbers game and he made only eight appearances for the club. That's seven, eight appearances for the club. And during that time, conceded 21 goals. Number 17, Brighton and Hove Albion. 
David Button. Now, much like Adam Federici, David Button is slightly unlucky to make this list, but Brighton and Hove Albion haven't been in the Premier League for too long, which means he has to be scrutinised a little bit further down. And to be honest, he's here mostly because despite being a fairly capable backup, he doesn't look like he's going to outroot Matt Ryan and from the number one spot at Brighton anytime soon. And on top of that little tidbit, when he was at Tottenham, he was loaned out 13 times by them before he finally said enough is enough. That is too many loans and unfortunately he makes a list. Number 16, Burnley. Brian Jensen. Now I think we can all agree that Burnley in recent years have had some pretty good goalkeepers. Nick Pope, Tom Heaton and even Joe Hart if you really want to go there. But if you go back to the Claret season in 2009-2010 in the Premier League, Brian Jensen was number one at the time and it wasn't exactly glorious for him because they were on the conceding end of 82 goals in just one season and five of those goals came in the first half against the Manchester City team. Number 15, Chelsea. Aretha Balaga. Now a lot of you were probably expecting to see Mark Bosnich, yeah because let's be honest, didn't play many games for Chelsea and then got sacked by the club after failing a drugs test. So yes, probably could have been right in this slot, but how about spending £71 million on a goalkeeper and kept out Aretha Balaga and he can't even do the simplest task of listening to his manager. Surely that much money buys some sort of cooperation from a player, but apparently not because in the AFL final in 2019, Kepa Aretha Balaga looked like he was injured, his manager decided to take him off, Maurizio Sarri, and unfortunately he decided to say, no, no, no boss, I'm staying on the pitch. For £71 million, surely you can listen to your manager. Unfortunately on this list, there is no room for insubordination. Number 14, Crystal Palace, Gabor Kirali, a goalkeeper who wore literal sweatpants to play in nets. Now, while I have to be honest, that is that's kind of amazing. A little part of me thinks that's kind of amazing, but a huge, huge other part is absolutely disgusted by this and cannot forgive it. So unfortunately, we're going to have to lean in that direction. Kerali, congratulations, you just made the list. Number 13, Everton, Paul Gerrard. The man who Everton signed from Alden Athletic, his boyhood club, for £1.5 million, which at the time was nothing to be sniffed at. And unfortunately, despite trying to get him as a long-term replacement for Neville Southall, it just didn't really happen for Paul Gerrard. And the thing he's most remembered for is being that goalkeeper who was injured when Paolo Di Canio refused to score a goal in the net because it wasn't sportsmanlike. So I guess in a way you could say he was famous because of Paolo Di Canio, but not for anything he did. Number 12, Leicester City, Ricardo. We all remember England going out of Euro 2004 in the quarterfinals to Portugal. You may remember that the person who scored the winning penalty was the goddamn goalkeeper for the other team. Fast forward a few years, and next thing you know, Sven Goran Eriksson is managing Leicester City. And who should he decide to sign as a goalkeeper for the club? But Ricardo, the very man who scored the penalty against England. It was a short-term deal, but unfortunately, Ricardo didn't really suit life in the championship. I don't think he enjoyed getting <laughs> elbowed in the head by a bunch of other defenders. Either way, I don't care how good he did in the championship, he would have been on this list anyway for scoring that penalty against England in the quarterfinals. You swine. Number 11, Liverpool. Adam Bogdan. When it comes to goalkeepers at Liverpool, there are two kinds you can find. On the one hand, you have Alisson, who's one of the best goalkeepers in the world and has just helped Liverpool regain a Premier League title for the first time in 30 years. On the other hand, of course, we have Adam Bogdan, who came from Bolton as a backup keeper to bring a bit of a challenge for the goalkeepers who were already at Liverpool and didn't really make any kind of impact whatsoever. And it didn't help when he conceded direct from a corner kick in the League Cup. So the only thing we can really say here is that congratulations, Adam Bogdan, you've made the list. And you also win the prize for looking the most 
like Adam Wilborn. Number 10, Manchester City, Andy Dibble. Right, I'll be honest, Andy Dibble's on this list because I just really like saying Andy Dibble. Andy Dibble, it's a fun name to say, like Jimmy Jonga. Honestly though, I guess if we're being serious, he spent like nine years at Manchester City, spent a number of seasons on loan away at different clubs, and let's be honest, ultimately didn't really make a huge impact at Manchester City. Number nine, Manchester United, Massimo Taibi. Yes, of course, who else was it gonna be for Manchester United? There can be only one, and it had to be Massimo Taibi. He was signed in 1999 to replace the Peter Schmeichel-sized hole when the Dane left to go and play for Sport in Lisbon, and in fairness, his first ever game against Liverpool, Manchester United won 3-2, and the man got man of the match. Yes, he had a little bit of a mistake in the game, but made it up, made up for it with a couple of saves elsewhere, and there was a chance things might have been about to be good for Taibi. I guess in some alternate universe. Yes, because everything after that was, fair to say, an absolute disaster. In four appearances, he was remembered for all of the gaffes he would make, in particular, a gaff-riddled game against Southampton. So ultimately, 4.5 million it was for the goalkeeper in 1989, and Manchester United fans will always remember him as their worst goalkeeper, despite the heroics against Liverpool in that first game. And when he left the club and went back to Italy, he actually was a pretty decent keeper, but that's not really a great narrative, so let's just pretend he's the worst keeper in the world. Number eight, Jack Anik. Ah, yes, one close to my own heart in this particular instance. And while there have been some fantastic goalkeepers in Newcastle's history and some fantastic goalkeeper jerseys to add to that as well, Jack Anik, unfortunately, is neither of those two things. It's quite unfortunate, really, because Jack Anik was an academy graduate. You love to see the guys come through the academy, get into the first team and make a place for themselves. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for Anik. And in six appearances for the club, he looked shit. He looked not really reliable, and sadly, I guess it was kind of proven when we saw them in 2015 to Port Vale. Number seven, Norwich, Michael Theo. The Australian goalkeeper signed for Norwich when they were down in League One in 2009, and unfortunately for him, he only played one game for the club. That was against Colchester United, where Norwich did manage to score one goal. Unfortunately, though, they conceded seven on the other side, and five of those, again, much like Brian Jensen that time against Man City, would be four half time. That was the only game that Theo played for the club, and manager Brian Gunn was also sacked off the back of this defeat. Number six, Sheffield United, Steve Simonson. Now, Steve Simonson is an extra special case of, oh, that's unfortunate. In his first full season at Sheffield United, the club were actually relegated down to League One, which is not a great start, I think we can all agree, but they did have a chance to bounce back immediately as they ended up in the playoffs no less the playoff finals. And despite keeping a clean sheet during the game, the match would go to penalties and Simonson actually had to take a penalty in the match. And would you believe it? He put it straight over the bar and that was the penalty that cost them promotion back to the championship. Simonson, my friend, a man from South Shields, no less, you have my heart, but unfortunately, you know why you're here. Number five, Southampton. Tommy Forecast. Now in 2008, Tommy Forecast signed for the Saints in a deal that would actually see the Saints waive any selling on fee for Gareth Bale, who they'd obviously transferred to Tottenham. Remember that, because that is gonna come back into play in just a second. In a deal that presumably made sense to somebody at the time, they obviously thought Forecast was worth it, he was gonna be something big, but he just didn't really make a huge impact at St. Mary's, so they sent him off on loan to League Two Grimsby. And even to make matters worse, when he went to Grimsby, they actually sent him back early from his loan because he made so many errors they just wanted to get him off their wage bill. This is a disastrous story. Remember when we said they waived that selling on fee for Gareth Bale? Well of course he went to Real Madrid didn't he and of course that selling on fee would have been worth in excess of £20 million. Ugh. 
Number four, Tottenham Hotspur, Ben Anik. Yes, all right, we've probably been a little bit harsh to the Anik brothers on this list, but Jack Anik, who was already previous there, took a bit of stick, and his older brother, Ben Anik, did only feature once in goal for Tottenham Hotspur in a match that I guess didn't really amount to a great deal. Burnley had already been relegated when they played each other, but they did lose to Burnley, the relegated Clarets, 4-2. And at that time, that means Ben Anik shipped four goals in just one appearance for Tottenham Hotspur. And look, I don't like doing it either, but I gotta respect the statistics, my friend. Number three, Watford, Jack Bonham. A lot of Watford fans would have been quite surprised to see young Bonham included in the squad, no less, for such a huge, crucial game against Leeds United at the last game of the season in 2013. But Manuel Almunia was injured during a warm-up and as such, he found himself on the bench. But it didn't just end there. With less than half an hour to go, Jonathan Bond, the keeper who was in nets and starting for Watford, got injured. So up stepped young Jack Bonham with a massive pressure on his shoulder. Unfortunately, that was a pressure that would see him fold faster than Origami because he made two huge mistakes, conceded two goals, and Watford would end up losing the game 2-1. Sadly, it wouldn't end well for Bonham because at the end of that season, he was then released from the club. Number two, West Ham, Roberto. One of the more recent goalkeepers on this list, Roberto left Olympiacos, turned up for West Ham on a free transfer, and they were expecting big things. This was a goalkeeper coming with a solid reputation who was hoping to establish himself in the Premier League. But as the tale has been for quite a few on this list, that is not the way things went. With West Ham's first team goalkeeper Lucas Fabianski out for two months with injury, it was the perfect window for Roberto to step in and stake his claim to take that spot in the team. But sadly, a lot of basic errors from the Spanish youth international would find Manuel Pellegrini actually preferring reserve goalkeeper David Martin to his brand new signing Roberto. And number one, Wolves, Emiliano Martinez. Now let's have it right, you're probably looking at this picture of Emiliano Martinez and thinking, hang on a minute, this is the man who is about to be in net at the time of recording for Arsenal in the FA Cup final very soon against Chelsea. The man is enjoying a stint in goal for the club, but there is a little caveat there in the fact that Bernd Leno got injured, which means the choices were limited for the Gunners. Nevertheless, I don't want to take away from those achievements because that man may end up with an FA Cup winner's medal at the end of the season, so fair play. However, it hasn't always been this rosy for Martinez, who has been at Arsenal since 2012 and has been out on numerous different loans. And in 2015, he went out on loan to Wolverhampton Wolves where he was set to kind of mix it up and provide some sort of challenge for Wolves goalkeeper Carl Akemi at the time but the long-time stopper for Wolves just was too good there was no chance Martinez was getting through and in 13 appearances he failed to really make any impact but regardless this man may have made the list as Wolves' worst ever goalkeeper. But let's be honest, who am I to talk? He's gonna end up with at least a runners-up medal in the FA Cup, maybe even a winner's medal. I'd like a medal. What have I got, really? I've got a winning smile and a charming personality, which is nice and all that, but it's not a medal, is it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.